You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. Imagine something with me. I need you to close your eyes to do this but don't fall asleep. So close your eyes and imagine you are on a tropical island. It's one of the Hawaiian islands. You're sitting under a palm tree by a little cove of water. In the background are some of the volcanic mountains created many years ago. The sky is almost completely blue with just a few wispy floating clouds here and there. It's 80 degrees with a slight cool breeze. You're gazing out in front of you. The water is steely blue. There's hardly even a ripple. The sand you're sitting on is white as snow. It's warm on top where the sun is hitting it, but as you dig your feet into the sand, you can feel its coolness. You notice a few people snorkeling out front, about 20 yards. There's a reef, and the water is so clear that you can see 10, 20, 30 feet down. And there are thousands of tropical fish peacefully swimming around the reef. Open your eyes. Sorry to bring you back. That was kind of nice, wasn't it? Well, I need you to close your eyes again. This vision is going to be a little different. Oceans and seas are tossing and turning violently. There are monster waves crashing into the shoreline. 30, 40, 50 foot waves crashing one after another. Chunks of the mountain are being broken off. The waves are crashing into one another. And now the mountains are shaking. It's an earthquake. Trees on the sides of the mountain are toppling over. They're being swallowed by deep crevices. Huge chunks of rocks are breaking off on the top of the mountain and they're crashing through anything in their way as they roll down the side of the mountain. And now there is a volcanic eruption. Rock and ash are being blown thousands of feet into the air. Open your eyes. It's a lot different picture, isn't it? made you feel a little bit differently. It's a picture of the earth giving way. It's a similar picture as the one painted in the first few verses of Psalm 46. Let's take a look. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way. Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, 
though the mountains tremble at its swelling. You see, when sin entered the world, it was a game changer. It was a game changer for the world, wasn't it? A perfect creation was gone. It was no longer the paradise that God had created. It was no longer the perfect creation that God spoke into existence with his powerful holy word. It's a picture of mountains being moved by waters that are roaring and waters that are foaming, mountains that are trembling and mountains that are falling into the seas. It's chaos, it's destruction, it's decay. But it is a painful reality, isn't it? Because of sin, the earth isn't evolving like many false teachers would want us to believe. It's not evolving to be better. It's devolving. It's decaying. It's wasting away. I hold in my hand a green banana. It's not as green as it was yesterday, but trust me, it was really green yesterday. I hold in my hand a slightly green banana that's starting to turn yellow. You know where this is going? I hold in my hand a banana that's about ripe, maybe just a little overripe. No more green. Starting to turn a little black. I hold in my hand a banana that's probably due for some banana bread or some banana cake. Or does someone like eating them like this? You guys like them when they're really ripe? I hold in my hand a banana that's definitely decaying. I hold a banana, barely. <laughs> but you see, this is reality, isn't it? This is the reality of a broken world. You see, after we're about age 25, some of you aren't there yet. Some of you are well past. Some of you are about right in that area. Our bodies stop regenerizing all of our damaged cells, and we start decaying. We start dying. But that doesn't mean we don't try to stop the process. Americans spend billions and billions of dollars to stop that process. I try to stop the process. I take uh, cholesterol medicine to prevent heart disease. I take something for acid reflux so that I don't develop esophageal cancer. Two to three times a week, I go downstairs and I've got some dumbbells, and I, and I do some dumbbell work so I don't lose these big pipes. 
We should have Robert up here. I use sunscreen when I go outside. I didn't when I was a kid. And now I'm paying for that because I have to go to the dermatologist once and sometimes more than once a year to get those precancerous little nasty cells frozen off. I try to eat healthy. I don't smoke. I only drink occasionally. So that's the guy side. Ladies, how many facial products have you tried in the last five years? One might be for sunspots. One might be to hide wrinkles. What about the bags under the eyes? I've seen them. And then we even get crazier, Botox injections and plastic surgeries, and there's even something called cellulite cream. I could go on and on, couldn't I? But ultimately, we're like the bananas. We aren't evolving for the better. Physically, we're decaying. But it isn't just physically. What about emotionally and what about spiritually? How are you doing in those areas? If you remember last week's sermon, weeds can surround us. Sometimes they can overtake us, and sometimes we even might look like a weed. There's a phrase in verse 2 of our psalm that I'd like for us to take a look at again. Though the earth gives way. But the psalmist isn't just talking about physically. Because you see, in our lives, on this broken, sinful planet, the earth gives way in many different ways. All of us have been affected by cancer in one way or another, haven't we? Heart disease, loss of hearing, loss of sight, loss of a job, loss of investment, certainly loss of a loved one, Depression, anxiety, addictions, strained relationships, satanic assaults on governments, on churches, on families, on our children. It's a glimpse of the final judgment. It's the direction we are heading. That's pretty depressing, isn't it? There was a man born in Germany in 1483 who knew all about depression. The day after he was born, he was baptized. His father wanted him to become a lawyer, an attorney. He wanted him to make him proud. So at age 17, he went to the university to study law, to become a lawyer. But it didn't go very well. Something was lacking. There was too much uncertainty. One day on, on the way to class, there was a thunderstorm. And a bolt of lightning came perilously close to striking him. 
and it jolted him into making a vow. God, if I survive this, I will become a monk. And that's exactly what he did. He became a monk. He was ordained as a Catholic priest in 1507, but things didn't go according to plan. Psalm 46 became very, very real to him. The earth was giving way all around him. But then the game changer that he realized, a realization that he couldn't save himself even though he was trying desperately to. No matter what he did, no matter how hard he tried, he could not earn his salvation. There was only one way. Through God's amazing grace, through the cross. If you haven't figured it out by now, I'm talking about Martin Luther. Psalm 46 was very special to him. It was so special to him that it inspired the most famous Lutheran hymn of all, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. You see, Martin Luther, with the help of the Holy Spirit, he finally realized something. He realized that it was the grace of God only that would help him with his struggles, with his fear, with his anxieties, and with his depression. He realized that there is hope in the midst of chaos. There's hope in the midst of decay, and there's hope in the middle of his own depression. There's hope in the midst of the influence that Satan has on this world. So let's look at that hope in those first couple verses of Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. And he didn't fear. He didn't fear when he tacked on those 95 theses on, onto that church uh, door. He didn't fear when he challenged many of the false doctrines of the Catholic Church. Only a hundred years earlier, a man by the name of John Hess was burned at the stake for stating the same beliefs that Luther had discovered through God's holy word. In 1546, he didn't fear anything. He went to be with Jesus. You see, God's grace wins. It's the ultimate game changer. Satan has no answer for God's grace. No answer. Because God is our refuge. God is our strength. A very present help in trouble. Yes, a present help in trouble. Jesus promised to send a helper. Before Jesus ascended to be with God the Father Almighty and sit at his right hand, he said, I'm going I'm to send you a helper to be present in your lives. John 14, 16 to 18. This is exactly what Jesus did. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. 
You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, and come to you he does in the waters of holy baptism. He comes to you in the word. He comes to you in holy communion. And he wants us to come to him in prayer and supplication. Yes, he is very, very present. God's word is where we must run to. Trusting God's word is always best. Even when parts of the world tell us it's foolish. Are we being told today that our faith in God is foolish? That believing the word of God is foolish? Certainly we are, aren't we? Day after day, like never before. The world tells you to listen to your heart. God tells you your heart will deceive you. God's word is the only security and protection. It's the only source of of truth. So who is this word? Well, it's Jesus. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was Jesus, God's perfect son, who died on a cross for your sins, so that you may be saved. God's perfect son, who was raised to life by the power of the Holy Spirit, so that you might be saved. You see, when we fully commit our lives to obeying God's word, Jesus will be our refuge and our strength. It's what Luther finally discovered. I want you to take your hymnals out. I want you to turn to hymn 657. 657. Surprise, surprise. It's a mighty fortress is our God. We're going to sing the first and the fourth verses. Here we go. Please pay attention to these amazing words that were inspired by Psalm 46 that Martin Luther wrote for us to sing this morning. A mighty fortress is our God, a sword and shield victorious. He breaks the cruel oppressor's rod and wins salvation glorious. The old satanic foe has sworn to work us woe with craft and dreadful might. His arms himself to fight on earth, he has no equal. Verse 4. God's word forever 
abide. No thanks to foes who fear it. For God himself fights by our side with weapons of the Spirit. Were they to take our house, goods, honor, child, or spouse, though life be wrenched away, they cannot win the day. The kingdom's ours forever. The kingdom's ours forever. Because of what Christ did for you, because of what Christ did for me. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Amen? Amen. Amen.